Hi, this is Lilia with the Help Yourself podcast. And today with me, all the way from sunny Glasgow, I have Paul Elliott from the Mind Shift Experiences. Paul is an NLP practitioner. He does hypnosis and like most people in our field, does lots of other things too um, that help people to help themselves. Paul, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. No problem. It's a pleasure to speak to you once again. Yes. Um, after the wellness festival, it was it was lovely to finally put your your face, you know, face to face with you rather than looking at you over the the, the, the Facebook account that you've got because I've been following <laughs> yeah. you for some time, would you believe? And that oh. probably sounds just a little bit creepy for this time in the morning, <laughs> but it's absolutely true. <laughs> yeah, that was a great day we had, thanks to Pamela and Melody at the Aye, absolutely. Cumbernauld, and thanks for introducing us because obviously you were speaking before me and that's when I was like, wow, this is awesome, I need to meet this guy and speak about all the things that you're doing because there's one thing that I know about you is that you were a soldier and that's a a cause that's really close to my Mm -hmm. heart is how we treat our vets Um, and Mm -hmm. so I think like you and I have discussed before the stuff that we teach is the stuff that's helped us so um, absolutely and when you help yourself and you start to feel better and break through from all whatever it is, whether it's physical, mental, emotional, spiritual dis-ease, yeah. you want to help and tell others. So can you just explain a little bit about your background and how you came to the Mind Shift experience? Yeah, grew up in Mary Hill many, many years ago now. Um, I'm almost 46 years of age, um, but I spent around 26 years um, in Mary Hill uh, area of Glasgow uh, and joined the military at 17. Um, so pretty young, uh, had never left Glasgow before and then sort of thrust myself into this new career, knew very little about it, what I was getting involved with. I knew that it was going to be pretty difficult and challenging uh, and it certainly was. And I, I spent a, a good few years in the army and um, having left the army, um, my emotional um, health and brain was all over the place um, and really suffered from these depressive thoughts and that that real crippling anxiety that I think everybody that's watching this will probably have some sort of a understanding of how when anxiety gets a hold of you and just being able to release that. Done the whole conventional, um, going to the GP, seeing psychotherapists, um, counselling, etc. It just wouldn't work for me. Um, I almost felt that it was like putting a plaster over a cut that would just never heal. Um, and I was going around in this circle all the time, or the cycle of telling myself I was no good. Um, I was a bit of a loser, um, lying about stupid things, but then turning in from that sort of molehill into a mountain, you know, and then forgetting what you're saying to someone and, you know, and just getting involved in things that really I shouldn't be getting involved with. Was that really Paul? Um, and why was I behaving in that way? Why was I turning to substances um, to, to block out these emotions that I was having within my body and trying to control them and better using things to put in my body to shut my brain off, um, which was just making me worse. Um, so I decided to uh, get involved with neuro-linguistic programme. My sister Marianne actually um, is a master NLP practitioner. And one day, probably about 12 years ago now, she said outside my house, she said, Paul, do you know that you can literally think yourself into a hospital bed? And I just paused at that point. And I was like, what? <laughs> what do you mean by this? Um, you can think yourself into a hospital bed. But something within, because of Marianne, I've got so much respect for her. Um, and, you know, I really do listen to what she has to say. And when she told me that on that day, something really did twig in my mind. Am I potentially dragging myself towards that destination? But just the way I'm thinking about um, a certain situation, 
Um, and of course, now I believe that to be the absolute truth. Absolutely. And I think that's the thing is yeah. hugely missing out of our um, healthcare system is the, the understanding of the emotional and the thought side um, of our ex daily yeah. experience and how that affects and impacts our short-term and long-term health. Absolutely. There's a couple of things there. So you went into the army at 17, which is super young. Um, how did that come about? Uh, my sister, Marianne, again, um, she was uh, married to a major in the Education Corps at the time, um, and there was really nothing. I was involved in the old gang thing um, back in Maryhill, where I'd be running around the streets on a Friday and Saturday night with 30 strong young guys, you know, that type of thing. Um, and some people get involved in taking drugs, etc. Um, and I thought to myself, I'm going to do something about this, um, or I'm going to do a slippery slope. So at the age of 17, just sending my, you know, never have never left my gran um, and my grandfather. Um, they brought me up from birth. Um, so I was more or less from birth handed over to them. And um, the, the, the pain of missing them was unbelievable. I'd cry myself to sleep every night. Um, I always remember back the first day that I joined um, back in uh, 1993, um, I'd been dropped off at the main gate, and I just looked up this massive soldier, and I'm thinking, oh my God, look at that, a gun. What's this all about? You know, this looks exciting. I went up to the guard room, and I'm standing at the guard room. This wee 17-year-old kid, and a baby, you know, because when you look at 17-year-olds nowadays, you mm -hmm. think, my goodness, I take a lot of sports teams just now, um, as you'll probably know, and, and you look at the guys, and you're thinking, my goodness, you're just a baby. Um, and I went up to this uh, main guard room and the guard room it's just got a wee slat in it so it's not got windows or anything just a wee tiny slat and I went up to the guard room and I said hi there uh, my name's Paul Elliott and he says why are you here I said I'm here to join the army he says well Paul can I ask you a question I said yeah no problem at all he says it cold outside and it was April I always remember and I've got my hands in my pockets like that he says it cold outside and I said no nah, no particularly he says well get your hands out your pockets then and I'm like what <laughs> that was me just there and then I I, I um, a corporal at the time or a staff member um, a guy called Corporal Day he's a lovely guy once you got to know him come around with this pace stick and he's just pointing at things like the grass and saying that's a no-no and then pointing to a building and saying that's a no-no and then pointing to a path and saying that's a no-no and I'm thinking to myself here what's the yes yes what can I actually do in this place and no very much for six months um, because you're literally marching to the toilet marching to your bed you know it's real control over you it really does break you down emotionally um, and the whole idea behind that is, of course, to break you down in order to build you back up in, in a different version. Of course, they could send you into conflict zones and stuff like that and get a, get a use of you, so to speak. Did so, you go anywhere? Yeah. Did you? Did the, you Northern you? Ireland, yeah, yeah. Done yeah. two tours in Northern Ireland when I was in the military back in the early 90s. Mm -hmm. So in terms of, you know, I mean, we know that, that traditionally our vets are... Yeah. You know, mm -hmm. we just don't look after them the way that we should, and very often it's a, yeah. a case of antidepressants and antipsychotics and things that will try yeah. and uh, take away the symptoms. Um, yeah. So the training is part of that breakdown, really, as well. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah absolutely. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I know that a lot of people feel that they were lied to for the reasons for going in. How did you perceive all of that? How do you at look time, at that now? <laughs> um, I absolutely look at it like that, you know, and the reason why I was doing that particular role. Um, I mean, what was it all about? 
as far as uh, wars, etc., are concerned, now, you know, I always look behind um, the narrative that you get in conventional news streams, um, and to be quite fair, um, I don't watch them anymore. I shut off to the news as much as possible and then follow um, with that negative messaging that we're always getting. You know, that fear that we get, that false evidence appearing real. But the byproduct of fear, as we know, is anxiety. Um, so the more I feed myself that, the more I'm going to feel those emotions within my body. Um, <clears throat> so I try and steer away from it as much as I can. Um, but certainly, in respect to um, the conflicts that happen in the world these days, I totally um, disagree that we should get involved in these things, you know. Um, it is going to war with our country solve problems. It's absolutely ridiculous. And of course, using these young guys as pawns um, to go and do the dirty work, so to speak, um, I'm totally against it. Um, certainly I'm these days anyway. And that seems that, that seems strange coming for a guy that was in the army, but I'm, I'm completely against these things. Yeah, absolutely. Because I think it's one thing feeling that you have to d defend your country, which can be as... Uh, yeah. Know, obviously, everybody wants to make sure that their loved yeah. ones are safe. But to feel then after that, I know that I've spoken to a guy here um, and uh -huh. he, you know, he totally felt that he was lied to. And I think that's a, when you're actually literally putting your life on the line for your country and then you feel that the reasons that you've been given aren't honest, mm -hmm. um, you know, you can feel quite duped. And then, of course, when you come home and you're free, mm -hmm. so to speak, yeah. you know, you're, you're a loose you just, you know, you've got nowhere oh, to go. Absolutely. Back into yeah. your life. Very difficult. It takes years. Um, took me almost a decade, would you believe? That's no joke. I mean, I've done a podcast recently with a guy called James Boardman, an ex he's, uh, he's now known on Facebook for anybody who's interested. It's called The Man Coach. Really good podcast with him. And I asked him the question because when I left the army uh, many years ago, I did. Um, you know, a bit of work experience for a week, that type of thing, back into civilian life. But there was absolutely no emotional support whatsoever um, to integrate you back in again. Um, and I don't really know, though, if I was to ask myself the question, would it make any difference? Probably not. <laughs> to be fair, I think time's the healer. Um, but I asked him the question, because I think he left the Marines in 2016, something around that time. And I'm thinking, surely it's progressed since then. Did you get any emotional support or any coaching or anything to get you, you know, out of the situations that you were in going to Afghanistan, et cetera, to where you are now? And it's absolutely nothing. So it's still the same. Um, there is for people leaving the military very, very little support for your mental well-being. Yeah. And um, and that's that's the thing now. Even if you have not been in uh, in the army yeah. or the navy or whatever, you there's still for people to get mental support, help for their mental health. Can, there's a waiting list of a year to two years. That's, and I think that's yeah, that is yeah, absolutely. So, and kids know, through cams, etc. As well, how long are you waiting? You know, one percent of the population at school managed to actually get the referral through to cams and for the kids to actually speak to someone, a counsellor. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and, and so many decisions are made in the spur of the moment, you know, that we can yeah. in young people, um, and particularly in Scotland and the north of Scotland, because yeah. of a lack of community and support. But anyway, on to the solutions. Um, mm. So you found NLP and yes. the hypnosis. And what was the other thing you said that you do? Well, we, uh, myself and my wife Zoe, uh, were the business we have mind shift experiences and um, we're fire walk empowerment instructors as well as glass walk instructors with the arrow breaks and stuff like that and it's all about empowering people through into a you know what for example walking over a thousand degree hot coals barefoot it's quite a big deal um <laughs> that we do and and it's about facing your fear and if you can walk over and we do a lot of nlp before it for example a lot, um, like writing down 
what you would like to extinguish in your life. What do you want to get rid of? You throw it into the fire, and the whole idea behind it is that you're walking over that. The hot burning cools at 1,000 degrees, sometimes 1,200 degrees over into your new and empowered future. Um, the glass walking, um, I think, is a little bit more scary for me, to be fair. Um, and we're doing that this Sunday <laughs> for 100 people, so that's going to be really interesting. And is that the event you've got on this Sunday? And where is yeah, it? It's in the Normandy Hotel. We've got a few remaining tickets here, so if anybody is interested, including yourself, of course, you're more than welcome to come. I would love to come, um, but I'm I've got a retreat this weekend. Have you? Have you? Whereabouts is that? Up in Barmolloch in the Glen. Is it? Oh, yeah. lovely, lovely. Yeah, yeah. And what sort of things do you get up to when you're when you're well, doing your retreat? It's a letting go immersion. Um, that's Probably. as you know my absolute passion. That's yeah. how I tapped into. The space of peace and mm. a, a different understanding of reality. <laughs> Will you be doing your cold water, etc., when you're up there? Some of them, yeah, if yeah. they want to. The thing is now people associate me with breathing in cold water. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I just practice primarily for myself. It's not something yeah. that I normally teach, but now even, um, you know, for years, people can take them into the cold water. So, yeah, that's, uh, you know, I mean, we've got a beautiful uh, burn there which has got yeah. a big kind of ho swimming hole, um, which in actual fact, when there's been so much rain, you can swim and yeah. turn against the current. It's like a simulator. It's awesome. <laughs> and you're not moving anywhere fast. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, yes, that can, and as you know, you know, that can be a real part yeah. of the reset, particularly mm. um, if you're not used to going into the cold. It, it's always, you know, really amazes me the power of something free, and simple and you know that's what I love because yeah I think in Scotland we have a situation where a lot of people cannot afford to come to people at like you and I and I'm very aware of that and I and yeah. I also think it's wrong that you know how to help people heal and they can't access and it. you can't yeah and I think it's about making it affordable as well isn't it for people Absolutely. to come along and, and and speak to you about um you know um, different ways of or putting a putting a different lens over a situation and thinking about something differently. Well, how do you do that? Well, it's done through repetition. Um, I done a, a sorry to digress here, but I done a, a seminar. It was a, a free seminar for a Glasgow and Clyde College um, about two months ago, and I was talking about affirmations. I was talking about this phase, you know, having been born with two fears, and then before you know, you've got this bucket of mud next to it, and the things that happen in your life. Of course, it's like you know a negative experience. For example, bullying, someone dying. You're just constantly filling your vase up, your unconscious mind, more or less, full of mud, and then you can't see through it. Um, and I was I was going through the talk with them, and I was saying to them, you know, if you use motivation to try and get some of this stuff out, and um, changing a bit of routine from motivation, you tend to fail. Because motivation, I don't know about your good self, um, but I'm not motivated that much throughout the day. So there's a good chance I wouldn't put those running trainers on. I wouldn't have a healthy meal with that type of thing. And I'll just go back to my old ways. And it's about being disciplined. And being disciplined is putting the hose into the vase, filling the mud, and just turning that tap of water in. And that's affirmations for me, um, that analogy. It's just about telling yourself over a period of time a different story. And this um, girl... Brilliant question, by the way. I've never been asked it before. Totally put me in the spot. There's about 50 people on it. She says, no, no, just lie to yourself. You don't feel like it that day. And I thought, oh, my God. I was like, yes, it is lying to yourself. Yes. That's if you exactly need to lie to yourself. Aye, that's exactly what it is. And it's about telling yourself that story. Who wants to go up on a Monday morning, potentially go and sit in traffic, um, get to your work, do your work, sit in traffic, 
get the kids some dinner, get them ready for bed, go to bed, get up, and it's the cycle. Who's really motivated and uh, wants to be doing that every single day? Um, so you've got to change up the story. What are you telling yourself? Are you telling yourself that you love yourself first? A lot of the times when I'll speak to people and maybe we're doing one-to-one neurolinguistic programming, and I'll go into a wee bit about NLP is just so that people get an understanding of it. But it's just about, you know, letting them understand that when you do speak to yourself in a different way, it changes the story within your unconscious mind. It gets you a different version of yourself over time. But it takes discipline because if you're motivated to do that type of thing, you're going to fail. You'll stop within the first day and you'll think, you know what, I'm just going back to my old ways again. What's the point? Nothing's changed yet. Um, so I thought, you know, tell you, I'll tell the guys who are listening just now what neurolinguistic programming is, um, just in short. Neuro's your brain. We get about 60,000 thoughts. They say from science a day. A lot of these thoughts, certainly in my mind, are parasitic. They'll talk me down and tell me I'm no good. Uh, secondly is linguistics. It's your language. Watch what you say. What you say you become. If you say I can't run a marathon, guess what? You will never run a marathon. And last but not least is programming that unconscious mind. That second brain, 95% of our brain capacity is completely unconscious. We don't think about a heartbeat, but we are now because we're talking about it. Uh, your small intestine, Martin. Your, your hair growing, that type of thing. You don't think about these things, but it's just taking it for granted that we have an unconscious mind. That's, but it never sleeps. It's always listening to what we're telling it and programming it. And of course, it's getting from programming the unconscious mind and I've got a second brain to take over this mind monkey of ours that constantly talks us down and bullies. You know, if I was to um, be mean or to say some of the, the, the things that uh, potentially people say to themselves on a daily basis, I'd be a psychological bully. There's no way around it. So society these days would reject that and say that that's completely outrageous behaviour. And of course it is. It should never be happening. Bullying is terrible. So why is it okay for us to bully yourself is the question. And why when that happens, I'll hug you. I won't stop you. You know, I'll hug you and say it's okay and I'll cry along with you. And that's where NLP is different because I won't do that. I'll make you understand of, um, I'll give you an understanding, of course, of what the language is that you're telling yourself. Um, and how you need to stop doing that, because how would you feel if someone else was doing it externally to you? Um, but a lot of the times it's easy for us to, um, that external person that's doing these types of things, um, to block them now through social media or stay away from them, get them out your tribe. How do you date if it's yourself if you're constantly telling yourself that, that message? Absolutely. We're our own biggest judge. Most of us, that's the thing. We criticise ourselves. Yeah. And, you know, that's, you know, I always teach about at the cellular level and how the cells, yeah. are, you know, the cell, the integrity of the cell, which allows yeah. information to flow or not. So we're constricting our signaling system yeah. in and out by what we're telling ourselves. And even if yeah. we're criticising somebody else, the body doesn't know the difference between no, exactly. us and them because there is, we are one. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, totally agree with you. Blindly, but they don't really, I think most of us don't, we, we need a daily reminder. And particularly, I think right now with all the, the nonsense that's going on, it's this like they, you know, which again is separation. It's like yeah. we are different and we are separate from them. And of course, the divide and conquer strategy is yeah. at play beautifully right yeah. now where there's them and us. Yeah. And, um, and that plays into that. That's the only way we can ever there be at war is if we believe we're different and we're separate and yeah. we are out to get us instead of exactly. 
you know, breaking all that down and going, right, really, we've got human beings here. Mm-hmm. We've all got the same basic hierarchy of needs, all of us. doesn't matter what, yeah, yeah. you know, how many guns you've got or whatever. So, mm-hmm. and it's really Absolutely. just... And that that kind of daily, and I know I did it as well. I mean, I'm embarrassed. It took me so long to work these things out and to learn these things. But I want to be yeah. sure my grandchildren have these tools. You know, imagine being equipped from a, from a young age, from going like young monks, they start at the age of five, teaching them how to yeah. read and manage their emotions. Imagine you weren't carrying the past yeah. for all this time. The Absolutely. We'd be living in. Absolutely, and and when you're so young like that as well, you're you're so suggestible, aren't you? Absolutely. I mean, we believe in Santa Claus. <laughs> Let's yeah. believe in a story that we're kind to each other. There'd be days. I mean, very seldomly it happens now, but it still creeps in. I'm human. I make mistakes. I am far from perfect. I used to judge on people. I say, look at that. Look what he's done. You know that. And I'm thinking now, I was doing it. I was actually behaving in that way, and it was like a mirror image of myself. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was commenting about other people talking about people behind their back or that sort of stuff or that negative energy you know. and that was me yeah and that's wow. having an impact on ourselves, on our chemistry mm-hmm. on our physiology on yeah. our electromagnetic field it's going back out and it, when you start to take full responsibility for yourself mm-hmm. yeah, um, you know it's, you've got to be mindful of everything mm-hmm. you think, everything yeah. you say and everything you do and like you were talking about, and we you just you talked about this at the wellness festival as well, where it's the daily practice and the repetition. And the two big things that I've learned in yeah. the last like what 10 years is that you know, with the cold water, I hated the cold water at first. And I mean really hated it. <laughs> I yeah. moved to Malta because I love the sun and I love the heat. Still yeah, yeah. do. But I knew intuitively the, the cold water would help my postmenopausal arthritis. And then recently, obviously, doing the Gershon therapy, you know, did I want to do that and get the juicer and then remember, you've got to go and get all the stuff for it. And no, I didn't. But I was like, you need to, you need to keep doing it enough till it becomes an automatic behaviour. Yeah, and then you don't absolutely. Think about it. You stop moaning about it and you stop trying to talk yourself out of it because until you have repeated the behaviour enough, you're going to get that resistance and then you're just going to give up. Yeah, it's all... Yeah, vibe can come in too. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, um, and these habits are formed probably between you know three to four weeks. We would say it's a bit of a guesstimate here, but if you can just imagine for anybody watching this right now, that your hands, your left hand, for example, is on any surface in your home. I came in strangely. I came in. You contract me in for three to four weeks to come into your home, and all my job is for the next three to four weeks is to get your middle finger and just tap it for you any time you put it down on a surface. It's just tapping away. So you're making something eat. Your hand goes on the surface. I'll tap it. We just sit watching TV. I'm next to you and I'm tapping your hand. So over the course of three to four weeks, I'll stop coming into your home. What the signal will be sent from your brain to your middle finger is now that you just tap without me being there. You'll tap your middle finger. And that's exactly what you're explaining there um, through that repetition of just doing that and kind of forcing yourself to go into your cold water or these good habits that you've got. It's just changing changing the way you think about it, and then automatically, over the course of that period of time, you don't think about it anymore. It just happens for you, and that's exactly where you are right now. I've got so much respect for you because the stuff that you're doing, the content that you put out there um, on social media is world-class. Absolutely brilliant. I love listening. I can learn lots of you, that's for sure. 
Thank you. I think for me, two of the big things is obviously the understanding yep. of neuroscience and Joe Dispenza is my big yeah. teacher, but also the, understand, the understanding about the microbiome, which I'm still going down that rabbit hole about worms and parasites and fungus and bacteria and how, you know, because at the end, yeah. stop blaming yourself. We simply didn't understand the body and a lot of people mm. still don't. Um, and now that we're starting to understand how we rewire our brain, and now that we're starting to understand that if our ecosystem is out of balance, yeah. we, that information's been transferred through us, but it's not actually us that's stupid, us that's tired. Us. It's the fact that the, the ecosystem needs rebalanced. And then now that we can go, ah, okay, mm. deeper understanding yep. of, of, the, of what's, you know, who's living. <laughs> There's five pounds of microbiota in our digestive system. You know, that simple bit of information made me realize mm. that I ain't going to fix that in five days yeah that is an ongoing process I have to tend the garden that is my mm. intestines etc and over a period of time you know kind of get pull out the weeds rebalance yeah. it chemically biologically physiologically electrically mm. you know so that I can be the the because for me it's all about um, energy I don't want to be tired all the time I don't want to be yeah, absolutely. So absolutely. that all starts and finishes in your gut. So mm. you can stop then blaming yourself and understanding. Ah, that's the reason why that's happening. Yeah. And, and the reason that mm. it changes challenging is because you're literally rewiring your brain and the body wants mm. to keep you safe in your comfort zone. So absolutely, then, yeah. In order for me to rewire my brain, I need to get out of the comfort zone. And sometimes you'd, it's very clever just to stay in your comfort zone and rest up. And then eventually you'll be like, right, okay, now I've got the energy to take on the next. That's it. That's it. And I think as we always talking to someone yesterday um, about, you know, thousands of years ago, how we'd be hunting animals with spears, for example, we'd always be challenging ourselves, wouldn't we? And nowadays, what do we have to do for food? You sit down, for example, if you're talking to teenagers, you sit down, your clothes are put on for you. You know, you get your dinner put on a plate and it's landed in your lap. You're sitting watching TV when you're last challenging yourself. Mm -hmm. We're all we're obsessed these days with technology and we're always after the new piece of kit. I mean, what do we need more than the TV that we've got just now or the iPhone? But we know it's coming. We know that there's something more of a, it's going to evolve into something different. I don't know, maybe holograms in the future, something like that we don't know. But we're always we're obsessed. We see people um, sit, you know, standing in queue outside Apple stores at midnight for opening 8 o'clock to get the new iPhone. But the question is, when did you last upgrade yourself? We are obsessed by upgrading machinery instead of upgrading ourselves. Absolutely. When did you last eat a healthy meal? When did you last go a walk with a dog? When did you get off the couch? And sometimes then that can become scary. Yes. And, and, and facing the world after COVID, I mean, we've been locked down for how many? For, for how many months? Not seeing our loved ones. We've been taken away from our tribe. We need our tribe. We need people around us. Absolutely. Absolutely. It's mm. inhumane, the things that we allowed. <laughs> we allowed over the last 18 months and yeah. how, you know, yeah. but, um, yeah. The, the great, it is what it is. Yes, it is, it is what it also is. I think the, you know, because I have struggled, I have to say, over the last 18 months in a way that I've yeah. not struggled since I was a lot younger. I lost my mum, you know, away from yeah. my family. My, my yeah. sister and my brother live in Canada. That's, not, you know, because of my belief system. 
that's out the equation for me right now. So, um, you know, there has been a lot of things and also yeah. isolated um, in a way I'm single. So, yeah, but it doesn't do you any harm to remember <laughs> what that feels like. It's like, yeah. whoa, you know, and how you can go back into yourself and then you realise, oh, my vibration, my my There's a way down. Yeah. And, yeah. Then, yeah. and I know this stuff and I've been immersed in it for decades. So it's like, yeah, you know, a bit of humility as to what people suffer and how they feel um, through no fault of their own you know, life circumstances. So these techniques yeah. that you're teaching um, and I'm teaching as well, give people tools and they give people hope. Yeah. You still absolutely. have to do them. You have to utilize, oh. you have to practice. So tell us more about this event because it's a phenomenal day you've got lined up. Tell us all. It's it's going to it's going to be awesome. Um, and well, I'm going to be honest. I'm I'm a wee bit nervous. <laughs> I'm a wee bit nervous. <laughs> We've not been on stage for about two years. I think the last time we were on um, stage was at the firewalk. The last firewalk we done, um, which was a, a tremendous event that we had. Um, there was lots of people there, and it was great to see people's faces. You know, feeling as if you know coming into the firewalk, for example. No, no one, no one to walk the fire, but after the impairment speak, everyone walks the fire or breaks the arrow using nothing but the soft part of their throat. But this particular event um, is all to do with um, empowering yourself, your toolkit after lockdown, so to speak. Um, I'll be giving an understanding of NLP and Hypno. Um, we'll be doing some fun, um, having some fun, sorry. Um, we've got a street magician coming. As well, we've got the absolutely wonderful Michael Byrne, and I always say the wonderful because if you've not heard his story, um, Michael is a keynote speaker. Um, he owns his own company now called Let's. Does a lot of work, as, of course, with the military as well now, which is absolutely fantastic. Where he'll go in and do you know first aid training, that type of thing, and he's going to be giving his story regarding that incident, that terrible day um, that happened with the Clutha Bolts helicopter crash that he was involved in. Um, so he's coming along, which is wonderful. I've got a couple of people who have come through the process with me here um, at uh, Mindshift, um, one of which is now a neurolinguistic programmer now as well, which is mm -hmm. wonderful to hear. Um, someone who's came from um, not being able to get in their bed to now working in the job of their dreams and how did you achieve that? So it wasn't me that achieved that. You did it. You followed the disciplines and you, you showed that it was possible. Um, we've got, it's almost like a mini festival, so our PA system's been upgraded this time around, um, and we're having three performers, we've got a piper, we're going to be piping pe uh, people over the glass walk, um, so they'll be standing in front of all this broken glass for about six foot, and they're going to be walking over and they'll be piped over it, oh, so I'm really, really excited, but nervous, nervous energy is good, um, so we went up and seen the hotel the other day, and I went into the hotel room, and there was no chairs there, and I just looked around and went, you know, that way that you get, oh my yeah. goodness, is this actually happened, this is all in me now. So it's a bit performing in the day, but I'm really looking forward to it. I can't wait. And will you do it again? Because I would love to come to it. Aye, aye. I think what we're going to do is we're going to add a second date on um, because the demand for tickets has been really high. Um, we've got to keep it around uh, 100 people. Um, ah. So we'll probably add a second date on. But the only thing I would say is we've got a firewalk coming up again in October. So just need to be careful with dates. We've got Christmas coming up and stuff like that as well. But it's just good to be back out there again in front oh of people. Oh, my God. Yeah. Aye, absolutely. That's that's where where we come alive, of course, um, when you're doing that with a lot of people. You know yourself and, and just giving them that, that spark and that vibration. You're talking about that, you know, the vibration, how important it is. And I'm really aware of vibration now and keeping it high where we can. It can't always be high, um, but we've all walked into a room where we know something's wrong, but nobody's speaking because you get the vibration of them that something's not right. Mm -hmm. 
Um, but this event is going to be the exact opposite to that. Um, you're going to be walking into an event and it's going to be supercharged, <laughs> absolutely supercharged, um, with loud music and fun and laughter and people all coming together and, and, and getting the music going, getting on your feet, you know. Um, there's a few surprises as well. I nearly let one slip there, but I won't for the day because I don't want to ruin it for people coming along. But there'll be about a few thrown in there as well um, because I want to try and make people within reason feel uncomfortable. Yes. yes. Um, because I want what we're trying to do, especially with the football teams that I take in sports clubs, etc., and dance teams, is to try and get the kids and the adults even to start being comfortable being uncomfortable as we're talking about. You know, you're just sitting down. What are you doing at night? How are you challenging yourself? Because we need to be challenged as people. And if we're not, I genuinely believe our mental well-being will suffer mm-hmm. if we don't challenge. Mm-hmm. Um, so you do, you do obviously one-to-one sessions, you do group. Yes. You, but you mm-hmm. do fitness stuff too, don't you? I, I, I'm passionate about fitness and I think it keeps me accountable as well mm-hmm. um, by keeping my body moving. Um, I've got, I was saying to you the other day, I've got back and hip problems and stuff, so I need to keep myself moving. And if I don't, I tend to find that my pain gets a lot worse um, by not moving my body. Um, but yeah, I find like running, doing short runs and stuff is good for my mental um, well-being. Um, it gets me out there, it gets me to think, it makes me think about potentially the shame um, of the past and deal with it. Um, it brings it out so that I'll think about it um, and then I'll let it go. And then I'll come back in and I'll be really focused on the day and just telling myself, you know, I can achieve this. I must achieve it. I will achieve it. I've just got to get my trainers on and maybe get myself out there, whether it's a walk or a run, something like that. But I'm pretty religious at that, you know, most days. Um, if not every day, I'm out there doing something. Um, of course, I give my time, my body time to heal as well. Um, no no pun intended with your Heal Scotland, of course, <laughs> but you've got to, haven't you? Um, give yourself that time. That rest is so important. And sleep. And get myself into a routine with sleep. Um, whereas years and years I had real trouble sleeping, but now I'm starting to really get the benefit of seven hours minimum a night, which is fantastic. Um, and I think we, we, we don't, um, as people... Um, really focus on our sleep and how important sleep is for healing our body. And if we don't sleep properly, it can really have a negative impact on our body. Um, ailments, cancers, things like that can come from not sleeping properly. Giving your, I'm okay with four hours a night. Really? Are you? <laughs> how are you functioning? Um, you know, that type of thing. So um, I'm focused on that. Breathing, eating, thinking. <laughs> Hi, hi, we're doing absolutely. it all day, every day, and we're usually, you know, we're now because so many of us are in fight or flight. We're we're focusing on the worst case scenario, and I think that's what the lockdown certainly did for me. And now I'm like, no, come yeah. on, you need to get back into that best case scenario. What you know, we are driving the new earth. What do we want yeah. to see? You know, and that's why it's so yeah. important to meet and like people and yeah. taking action because. I believe that the change is going to come from the people, not the politics. Yeah, so, absolutely. Um, we absolutely. need to drive up and support each other and inspire our brothers and sisters and teach them the techniques that yeah. we have enough to know now that can really help us to help Absolutely. And, and, we are, and we are super um, aware of how difficult lockdowns have been for everyone. We're super aware of that, especially when you're speaking to people on a one-to-one basis and how it's affected me uh, as well. You know, people looking, you know, Johnny, 
Johnny Big Potatoes with a size nine shoes on can just deal with everything. In actual fact, even the people who seem to have their stuff together throughout lockdown didn't from a period of time affected everyone. Um, and it's just about, you know, I started a podcast and stuff like that. I really tried to push myself, you know, instead of thinking, you know, everything's been cancelled. I can't, you know, I could still see people on a one-to-one basis like doing this over the phone, which was effective, but just not as good as doing it um, face-to-face. Um, and I think, without doubt, people struggled and people are still struggling. And then, you know, getting out of the mindset and the fear. And how do you tap into someone? How do you give them a message and get them to conform? Well, you tap into their emotional brain. You tell them you can't go and see granny in the hospital because you might kill her. Mm-hmm. This is this is hypnosis. You know, the two sides to their brain, intellect, two plus two is four. I know that's a, a, a green uh, jacket that you're wearing there with a hood on it. I know that my intellectual brain tells me it. My emotional brain doesn't know the answer to two plus two, but I'll always win. So the best way to tap into you and get you to conform to things that we've got to do, we get that. There's rules, okay, that's fine, but do it through emotions. And it just shows you how quickly people can or behaviours can change very, very quickly by that type of messaging. Grant the truth. Terrify us, overwhelm us, control us. That's how yeah. it works. Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. We're now understanding this magnificence of this, what, 80 trillion vibrating cells. <laughs> Oh, I'm loving this. Keep giving me stats. I'm going to steal them all. How did I get a pad and pen here? Here we go. And you know, they're just, we're hanging in space in this amazing yeah. energy system that we have full control yeah. over and we can respond um, rather than react and we can perceive the best case yeah. rather than the worst case. And we, that's a choice we can make yeah. with practice and repetition and a bit of commitment and discipline. Yeah. So listen, thank you so much. It's lovely to see you and have an amazing day. And yes. definitely as soon as you get another date, um oh, yeah, you will be you'll be on the guest list. Yes, right? You'll fantastic. be on the guest list and you'll be expected to be there. And <laughs> absolutely nothing but loving kindness to everybody. Um, and I think that's important for us. You know, what's important to me? Is it getting the next big house? Is it getting the next big car? Is it, no, no, loving kindness. It's been brilliant speaking to you. And have a fantastic day. I know you will. Yeah, awesome. Thanks a million, Paul. And no, just before Take care. Yes, yes. Your website, you've got a Facebook page, The Mindful Experience. Yeah. Have you got Instagram? I've got Instagram. It's Paul Elliott, uh, 1976, I do believe. Um, but the main thing that we do business through, of course, and sharing awareness of NLP and, and Hypno, um, is MindShift Experiences in Facebook. If anybody wants to tap into and that, I'll put these welcome. links in the podcast so that people can contact you. Okay. Much love to you. Have a fantastic day. See you soon. Bye. Bye.